On today's episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast, we're discussing Utah basketball, which we haven't talked a lot about this season. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening with Utah and the transfer portal. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm your host, Cindy Robinson, former Pac-12 student athlete. And today joining me is Jake Hatch from Locked On Youth. It's been a minute since he's been on here, but couldn't wait to get him back on. Probably will be more of a weekly regular if his time allows it to be that way. Uh, We definitely love having him on. So Jake, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Your youths, it's a lot to talk about there, but also like not a lot. (laughs) Well, there's plenty to break down on with the youths. There's no doubt about that. The the thing is, it's been a rough go. This is Craig Smith's first year at the University of Utah as their head coach. And there was expectations there'd be bumps in the road. Maybe a few more bumps recently than anticipated. Maybe a, a speed bump or two, if you really want to be honest about it. But the hope is that better days are ahead. And the hope is that down the stretch here, they can string together some wins because they've pretty much lost everything you can lose at this point. Right. And so, like, we know how competitive basketball is in the Pac-12. Um, at this point, is it a matter of just trying to stay above water? Or is there room for actual, like, growth to be competitive and I won't even say make the tournament because that might be a stretch. <laughs> yeah, making the tournament's probably out of the picture at this point, especially there's there's no chance in them making that large. To make a very special run in Las Vegas in the Pac-12 championships to have any chance to sniff in March Madness. I, right. I think the biggest thing for this team right now under Craig Smith is you just want to see them continue to compete. Brandon Carlson's been out. He had an appendectomy, uh, so he had to have his appendix out, and he's been out for uh, quite a while now. I think it's at least at least two or three weeks now that he's been out, and that's really affected things. He's by far Utah's best player, their most effective two-way player, I feel like, leading scorer, all that jazz. So I, I think right now the biggest thing if you're a running Utes fan that you're watching with this Craig Smith team is you just want to see them compete. That, that's the biggest thing. Some of these losses have been very competitive. You can think back to that UCLA game. They gave the Bruins everything they could handle, and the Bruins, we just saw them, they went and absolutely roughed up Arizona. So the good news is this is not a team that is just floundering and trying to make it through the season. They are competing. They're they're fighting hard. Are they a little undermanned? Absolutely. But the hope is, is they continue to fight and claw. The, the, there'll be a couple of wins down the stretch here, and then they can get down to Las Vegas and see what happens. That, I think, at this point would be a better goal. Focus on the Pac-12 champion. Focus on finishing out this season as well as you can, and then focus on making some noise in the Pac-12 championship. I know the goal for every NCAA team is to make the tournament, and if you can't make the tournament, make the NIA. But, like, did I say that right? And You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I, I'm following, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in the event that you know, like, your season's not going the way that you would like it to in that instance, like, yeah, the best thing you can do is try to be competitive, improve in each game the best way you can. And almost, I hate to say it, but start looking forward to the next season. So at this point, you're building towards that in a sense. Um, 
I don't know if you guys have like a lot of one and done options there, but like more so uh, any seniors that they may be getting rid of at the end of the day, um, trying to finish out strong is a great game plan in just this situation. Because like I said, Pac-12 is super competitive. And if you can at least keep up with these teams and make them good games, it makes it worth watching at the minimum. Cause you're like, they're not just rolling over and just throwing away the games. Yeah. That, that's the thing about that. These teams right now, this team in particular, they're laying the groundwork for what Craig Smith wants to do in the future. I think there were some running fans out there that watched him at Utah State when he actually came in and made the NCAA tournament his very first year up there in Logan, which is an hour and a half away from Salt Lake City, and said, well, why can't he do that here at Utah? The one thing is there's a difference in what Utah State had. He had an NBA big man, Animi Ishketa, that he brought in his first year that was a revelation right off the start. Sam Merrill, who spent time with the Milwaukee Bucks as an NBA player, that's what he had at Utah State that really helped key that early success that he had with the Aggies. I don't think the roster is at the same caliber and same level as what he had at Utah State, at least in year one here at Utah. The one thing I can tell you, though, he is going to be able to recruit at a much higher level at Utah than he was going to be able to at Utah State. It's a Power 5 program, Power 6, I guess, in the college basketball sense because they include the Big East. That is the positive. You look forward now and say, okay, he's going to be able to go out and get higher level talent. And hopefully, fingers crossed, there are better days ahead for the running youths because Utah basketball fans know the heights this program has reached before. They made it to an NCAA national championship game against the University of Kentucky back in the 1990s. They have made multiple runs to the Sweet 16. They've been to the Final Four. They know what this program's history is. The hope is that Craig Smith can get them back there in the relatively near future. Okay, well said, well said. Um, that's something to look forward to, and we'll hope to see Utah turn it around. But we're going to talk about uh, the women's basketball team coming up next. They're playing a little bit better, uh, a little more exciting to talk about, but still some struggles in the Pac-12 play. Hey, Pac-12 fans, this is Cindy with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code SCORE for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 in a year in cashback, and there's no catch. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code SCORE to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cashback on your first tank. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring, especially when you're making these New Year's resolutions. And by like week three, you might be thinking this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, luckily for you, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in multiple different flavors, from coconut almond to peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream. The list goes on. 
Even better, it's super healthy for you. Most uh, built bars contain about 130 calories. They're low in sugar, low in net carbs, and high in protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has a lot more calories and a lot more sugar and a dozen of net carbs. You really can't get no better than the Built Bar. So go ahead and head to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you all for making Locked on Pac-12 podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, Jake. So we were just talking Utah men's basketball. And on the brighter side is the Utah women's basketball. They are boasting a record of 10 and 6 right now. But unfortunately, when it comes to Pac-12 play, they're 1 and 3. Now, there's been some rescheduling situations going on because of, you know, different postponing. And I feel like that's one other thing, keeping everyone up to date on when certain things are being rescheduled and all of that going on. But for what it's worth right now, uh, Utah is still with the winning record, the women. They have a winning record. So uh, I want to talk to you more so about, like, what are some of the pros and cons that you've been seeing from this team? I guess with the women's team is the biggest thing, as you mentioned, is the postponements. They were shut down, I believe, for the better part of almost three weeks due to COVID issues within the Lady Utes program. So that obviously throws a major wrench in building continuity, getting your team together to practice, playing games at a consistent basis. That's the tough part. And I think the biggest thing for this program is just finding some consistency. Since they returned to action, it's been very much a mixed bag. You mentioned the fact that in some cases, I think the Pac-12 in the women's game this year might be even more competitive in the men's game. There are some elite, elite basketball programs, and there always is annually in the Pac-12 on the women's side of things. But this year, wow. Some really, really good programs out there. So, yeah, they have a winning record. That's a positive at this point. The, the The issue is, can they tread water the rest of the way this season? They're going to play in some of the best talent. They're not necessarily the most talented team in the Pac-12. But if they go into Las Vegas to the, the Pac-12 tournament down there in Las Vegas with a 500 record in conference, I consider that a pretty good accomplishment for this program because they've been kind of rebuilding this thing on the fly for the better part of two or three years now. And... I think the early returns were good. The COVID interruption obviously was tough. And it's it, we all know this. COVID is going to continue to affect this season. And the hope is that you can get through it <laughs> with minimal interruptions. You, you try and reschedule the postponements. But if the youths simply can just tread water, you make it to Las Vegas with a 500-ish conference record, I think that's an accomplishment. The one thing I was asking a lot of the other co-hosts when I would talk to them kind of earlier in the beginning of basketball season when, you know, we started to see COVID interrupt games was, do you feel like the season was going to actually um, complete be a complete season and actually be able to completely happen? Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of were in the consensus of agreeing that at this point, they went through a season where, you know, we saw it get canceled and March Madness not happen. And I do not think the NCAA or Pac-12 or any other conference really wants to go through that again. And so no. they're trying so hard to just make sure they reschedule games or uh, play in arenas with no fans. They're trying to make the situation as best as they can because even if they should cancel it, they probably are going to make that the very, 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 very last resort after dealing with what they dealt with in 2020. So, yes, playing around it 
is one thing. And I'm sure a lot of those student athletes prefer that over it being fully canceled, but it is very disruptive to their one chemistry with their team and playing regularly, um, especially for those teams that say we're on a roll and then had to go cold for like a month, you know, yeah. and barely even some um, teams dealt with having to not be able to practice as well because the COVID situation was within their team. So with Utah um, coming back and, you know, getting back into the flow of playing, do you feel like that – I want to phrase this right. Do you feel like they're in the right mindset and have the right pieces to just pick up and get back on track? There are pieces. Let me be Let me be clear about that. I don't know that this is the finished product of what the Utah women's basketball program is going to look like in the future. They're doing a good job on the recruiting trail, I feel like, by and large. I think the biggest thing is you're right. The the powers that be, the NCAA, the Pac-12, the individual school clubs, there is no way they're going back to 2020. They lost untold hundreds of millions of dollars without those NCAA tournaments, and there's not a chance they're going to lose that again. They just they can't, plain and simple. They just can't. Uh, University of Utah, they said the fiscal year, I believe they were down. I, I, it was multi-million. I think it was north of $10 million at least. I might, they were forecasting. I think somewhere around 50 to 60 million lost uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but the numbers actually came out better. I think they were sitting around the 30 million mark in terms of overall lost revenue, lost money in the COVID-19 pandemic. So relatively they made it out better than they anticipated due to COVID-19, but they do not want to deal with that again. Nobody wants to deal with that again. So yeah, they're, they're just, you're going to do what you can do, get the season in, get the tournament in. You're going to cash all those dollars and hope for better days ahead. There's absolutely no doubt about that. I would say, too, it's like fair to say after seeing how many conferences lost money from the bowl game situation, mm -hmm. they definitely don't want to deal with that again. Yeah. Um, so, yes, we will be seeing basketball continue by any means necessary, um, which I know a lot of people aren't complaining about, even if they probably should. But hey, um, we, we, one thing, let me interject this. I do sports radio in my day job. And yeah. when COVID shut down the world, I work for the Utah Jazz in my day jobs. I work for the radio station. And obviously the Utah Jazz, when Rudy Gobert got COVID-19 that night in Oklahoma City back in March of 2020, the whole world shut down. Yes. We did five months, essentially, of sports radio in Salt Lake City, where, I, where I'm based here in Utah, with no sports going on, Cindy. I, I'll tell you right now. I've done a decade's worth of sports radio in my life at this point. I never, and I mean, I never want to relive those five months without actual sports going on. So trying to come up with content oh, to talk geez. about on a day-to-day -day basis with nothing happening. Oh. Like you can't even make up scenarios after so long. Like it, at that point, you're just playing fantasy. What ifs and well, yeah, it's difficult. Obviously, ESPN pushed the last dance, the documentary on the Chicago Bulls. Michael Jordan obviously yeah. got that during that period. We in my industry rarely, if ever, will break down a documentary series like we did. We it felt like in some cases we were going frame by frame with that documentary <laughs> series to fill the time. But nonetheless, we never want to experience that again. And the good news is there are still games going on, and let's just hope and pray that continues. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right. Coming up next, we're going to shift gears to Utah football. I know there's a lot to talk there in sense of like getting prepared for next season, but we really are going to dive into the transfer portal. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. 
Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKED ON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, so when we left off of Utah football, we were discussing Rose Bowl and how great it was that they made it. Not necessarily the greatest outcome and not I'm sure not the outcome they expected or wanted. But at the end of the day, we could say that Utah had a successful season, um, probably one that they didn't see coming at the beginning of the season, but completely turned things around and like took off with, you know, became the most dominant team in the Pac-12 conference. Now, uh, as we move forward into off season and getting prepared for the next season. They're going to be missing some pieces. One of their biggest pieces in Devin Lloyd. And like, I know that's a hard one to fill in. Um, but the main thing that's happening right now in football is like transfer portal. Everything's transfer portal. This who's going where what's happening. And so i really want to talk with Jake today to know what's happening in the transfer portal for Utah. Well, that's the biggest thing is the, the funny thing is the transfer portal is affecting all programs. But if you pay attention to the headlines, USC takes all the headlines and we're all it's the Caleb Williams watch. We all know that. Yes, I was going to ask you about your opinion on that one, because I'm very curious to see what happens if he does not go USC. Well, that's the thing about that. I, there, the rumors out there about Wisconsin and all this. I've always thought it was USC. It's going to be USC. I still think it's going to be USC. I think he's just playing around at this point and he'll make an announcement. If not, though. Uh, Jackson Dart is a local product here in Utah. There's a lot of interest in him, obviously, from Ole Miss, Oklahoma, BYU here locally. He's also got interest in him. I'm of the opinion if Caleb Williams, for whatever reason, spurns Lincoln Riley and USC, Jackson Dart may find himself right back in L.A. Uh, that's just my that's my personal opinion. I, I don't know anything on that. That's just me thinking about it logically. So, yeah. yeah. That's my take on that. So now let's actually talk about Utah and the transfer portal for a minute here. Uh, the Utes have had a relatively quiet transfer portal season, but they have made some moves, Cindy. I think the biggest one is one that's going to hold a lot of intrigue in the season opener September 3rd. They're going to Gainesville, Florida to face off against the Florida Gators. Obviously, Billy Napier will be in his first uh first game as the head coach of Florida, but there is some intrigue with this because of a transfer that just came to Utah by the name of Muhammad Diabate, and he was actually uh, Florida's one of their leading tacklers, one of their leading linebackers for the Gators this past season. And the funny thing about his story is this was not Utah reaching out to him. This is a kid who started doing some research, saw what Devin Lloyd did at Utah, mm -hmm. and actually was like, 
hey, I'm, I'm kind of interested in your guys' program. You guys interested in me, and it's kind of a match made in heaven in some way. So the thought process is that he may be facing his former team in the very first game he suits up for the University of Utah and very well could be starting in that matchup. So he's one of the, he's one of the big names in the transfer portal for the Utes, if not the biggest name. We have similar uh, scenarios with Oregon facing Georgia in the first game, and that is Dan Lanning returning yes. to the team he just won a national championship with. Um, exciting news for the Pac-12 in a sense, because I feel like that brings storylines that typically aren't there, which will bring eyes that are typically not there. Um, and again, we're looking to get – Pac-12 credit because uh, they don't get their full credit, as we all know. But it's fair to say, look how um, playing in these bowl games and being, you know, a name it, amongst talking about can attract some talent mm -hmm. for that guy to see what ha happened at Utah and see how well Utah played and what they did for Devin Lloyd and now interested in himself because usually teams are reaching out. I think it's very rare that you see players that are of good caliber reaching out on their own to a team to transfer to. Um, I don't know if you know a lot about what's going on with Florida, but what do you feel like would have been the reason why he wanted to transfer? Do you feel like he wasn't getting that well, same attention at Florida? I, I think some guys, when their coach leaves, obviously with the whole deal with Dan, Dan Mullen. I, I just feel like he may have just said, you know what? Uh, my coach is leaving. I want to try something new. And, and he started looking around and decided what he was going to do. I, I don't think he was forced out by any means. I just think yeah. that he was looking for a new opportunity, a new landing spot. He's going clear across the country and coming to the mountains here in Utah to, to play football. And I am intrigued by that. And the thing about this, the Devin Lloyd effect is absolutely real. The other two guys they brought in in the transfer portal, Cindy, let me mention their names for you, are two tight ends uh, by the name of Landon Morris, a transfer from Syracuse, as well as Logan Kendall, who's actually coming up from the FCS ranks where he played at Idaho. So he's, he's not too far away from Utah, but he's coming up uh, from the FCS ranks. Both of them tight ends. I think both of these guys have seen what Utah does with their tight end position, Dalton Kincaid, Cole Fotheringham, Brent Keithy, obviously, and said, hey, that's not a bad place to be. They utilize the tight end quite a bit. And I think Utah... It's very evident the tight end is going to be a big part of their offense. So I think what Utah is doing right now in the transfer portal is being very smart about who they're approaching, the positions they're using it for, but also at the same time, highlighting the positions that have been starring roles for this team yeah. and letting these guys know, hey, you can do what these guys can do. You can have that same type of notoriety. I think that at this point, it's fair to say that Utah is gearing up for another you know, successful season. I think I've seen a lot of articles talking about USC and all the things that are happening there and how they may become a strong favorite, you know, going into the season. But I also think a lot of that is flash and, you know, fluff in a sense. I mean, I'm a Trojan too, but at the same time, it's like be realistic here. And I think a lot of people are just excited about the names they're seeing and not really thinking about what the chemistry will be just yet. You know, you still have to implement the new coaching. Like, yes, yep. he did all this, this at a Oklahoma, but what is he going to do in this role? And I don't necessarily like to jump on bandwagons of names right away. I got to see the actual production and I am big on what you did here means nothing here. You know what I mean? So, cause look, Chip Kelly did amazing things at Oregon and mm -hmm. didn't have that immediate success at UCLA. So um, that's just one example. Well, so let, let, me, let me interject one thing here. Lincoln Riley, when he took over Oklahoma, it was, it was teed up for him. He, th th that was not a cupboard 
cupboard was bare situation at all. Bob Stoops, he left the cupboard stocked and stuffed, and Lincoln just came in and just carried on doing what he's doing. I I'm with you. Right now, the interim, I think, for USC, yes, the long-term, I guess the longer-term outlook is, yes, they will probably be a Pac-12 favorite more years than not with him as the head coach. But right now, if you're if we're, if you're University of Utah, you're thinking, okay, great, give them all the hype. We won the South. We're going to win the South again next year. Just, just you know, pick us number two. Just give us that motivation. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah, and I think, too, like the Battle of the South is always probably the more exciting conversation the north just doesn't get that hype like there's things that happen and it kind of shakes stuff up but oregon usually ends up coming out strong you dub was supposed to be that competitor for them this year and they kind of fell short you know um so i think the south is always a little more exciting than you have at ucla uh dorian thompson robinson returning and that is going to be a whole different, uh, you know, ball game because he has all this experience and going to be the more experienced quarterback in the conference, kind of in the nation at this point. So I think there's a lot that's going to be happening in the South and a lot for us to keep our eyes on. So I'm excited. I am excited. Yeah, that, that's the fun part is there's a lot of storylines, obviously, to track throughout the upcoming offseason. And obviously, as we get ready closer and closer to the football season, this it'll heat up. But the good news is, there are no shortage of stories out there to cover. That's the positive right. news. Right. Okay. Well, Jake, so much. Jake, so much. Jake, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. I really appreciate it. And we are for sure going to have you on as a weekly basis. If that works for you, we'll talk offline. But definitely want to have you on more giving us Utah news. Um, you guys can check out Jake on Locked on Utes. Uh, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, and then you can follow them on Twitter at uh, Locked On Utes. Yeah, and then Jake's uh, personal handle is at Jacob C Hatch. So you guys make sure you check them out Monday through Friday, every day, giving you all the news you need to know about the Utes. Then you guys will definitely want to follow Locked On Pack Twelve podcast on YouTube. Go ahead and like, comment, subscribe. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Pac-12, and you can listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Other than that, continue to stay locked on Pac-12 on the Locked On Network.